0: the difference between like trying it in new England based, we're going to attack the weaknesses at all times. And you know what that means is your, that, that is their identity. That is their entire ethos. And so trying to do that versus establishing a set identity saying we're good at this thing and we're just going to do it till you can't stop it, which I think has been over the history of the league, probably more successful. Mm -hmm. um, And it's probably an easier way to build a franchise. Um, when that is your approach you can't skew from that and and that's kind of what we're saying is like they tried the new england thing in a way last week even if that that's not how they would necessarily describe it they tried the we're just going to attack where they're bad at mm-hmm. and it didn't the venn diagram of what they were good at those two circles didn't really overlap
1: yeah i agree and you know it's i've been a part of teams that have done that you know they've done oh look look what this team did let's just put that in let's get that done and it just doesn't always pan out. And I, I do think there is a lot of truth and a lot of merit to like what you're describing. Just be who you are. And and again, I think that's the thing that's really hard to like articulate or it's hard to articulate for me. It's like be who you are and innovate in that space. Innovate in the space of who you are and who you want to be and what you've been successful with. And I think, again, I think Scott's done a nice job of that. Like when you watch some of the details that he's added in the run game, some of the details he's added from a jet sweep, some of the play action stuff he's added, i like that keep doing that like keep building that package out building that that stuff out i like that they did a boot in there the other day where taylor's able to run for a first down i like the boot that they ran to jahan where it's like an easy 10 yard gain for his first catch like that stuff is something they haven't been doing a ton of like bring that in that's excellent do more of that because that fits your skill set it fits your roster construction and i think that's the other thing that's really hard you know like um you know, I, I help out at a high school, and there's always this tendency to be like, oh, we should do X because this team killed this other team at it. And you, you always got to be like, they killed them because that is who they are, and that's what they do. They know that stuff. And when we put it in, we're not going to be that same thing, right? So, I, you know, we've kind of we've kind of circled this point a whole bunch, but I do think yeah. it's a big point. And I, I really think it's one of the reasons the offense struggled. And I, I think if you're a fan, there are reasons. They're, coming out of that second half, There are reasons to be optimistic. I look at that and I say that we saw elements of an explosive offense here. And I think there are decisions that Scott made that were poor, like just from a game plan, game flow, like not, Kevin Sheehan said this to me when I did his podcast, just not feeling the game, not feeling the flow of the game. And I think that is a perfect articulation of it. So in addition to kind of putting in a whole bunch of stuff that maybe you didn't need to put in, there's also just kind of a lack of that, feeling when you talk to play callers that's a legit thing man when you're not feeling the game when you can't get in a rhythm like that's a thing you know and so I I I think Scott's allowed to have an off day from a play calling standpoint and I think what's crazy is despite all of these deficiencies they still have 380 yards offense and they still look dynamic you still get Jahan touches you still get Terry touches b-rob looks excellent right and I just look at that I say that's that's good that gets me excited that says going into San Francisco, if you add more boots, if you develop your play action pass, if you still cultivate those wrinkles in the run game, there's a shot there. There's a shot because all of a sudden you're a day, you're a, you're not a three yards in a cloud of dust offense. You're a dynamic offense. And I think that's something that is exciting potentially, obviously. Right.
0: Um, it is, you still get 387, but you only score 12 points. And like, this is the yin and the yang of what they've been all year is like, oh, the process, the process, the process. If you were to like somehow hit shuffle on all the plays and watch them out of order. And you'd be like, oh, that was pretty good. That was good. That was good. So how many points did they score? Right. 12? Like, that's that's kind of been the year for them.
1: And to and to that point, like, I've been a part of early in Shanahan's career, Kyle's career, like, we were, we were on offenses where we'd put up a ton of points, put up, you know, or not a ton of yards, and we wouldn't put up a lot of points. And I do think that is an offense developing, developing your identity. Because I think in addition to kind of cultivating these packages in the field in between the twenties, like we've been talking about, there's also a need to cultivate that identity in the red zone. And I, when, when they get to the Renzo, they, they get away from their kind of normal runs. They get away from their normal passes. And again, defenses are changing there, but it's also kind of like, screw that man. Let's just be us. Let's run duo. Who cares if it's for two yards, let's run the play action pass. Let's run a boot. Let's get ourselves in better situations to be successful here. And I, I, I Again, I, I like what Scott has schemed up from a drop-back passing standpoint, but I really like the play-action pass stuff he's done there. Think about the touchdown to Bates. Think about the overthrow to Logan Thomas. Those—that That is what this team is. And you look at the uh, Atlanta game, and there's an excellent Tampa 2-beater on 3rd and 10, and you're like, wow, this is a brilliant design, but they can't protect it. So mm. that's why it doesn't work out, right? That Those are the little shortcomings, and you have to understand that as a play caller that that's not who this team is. And that, that can be really challenging because you're like, Look at how smart I am. Look at what I just designed. And Scott, to his credit, that's an awesome play design by him, that cover two-beater. That was fantastic. But is it the right solution for this team? I don't know.
0: You're listening to the Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports or watching it at youtube.com slash at Odyssey Sports. Let's just keep rolling on that. Because, like, what are they doing and what are the shortcomings in the red zone? Because it seems like so much of it is personnel-based, like you were just saying, as opposed to, like, Oh, they're trying a bunch of stuff that's silly and will never work. It's like no, no, no. They're trying a bunch of stuff that their guys can't execute.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and I, I, kudos to the Giants. They had a nice game plan this week. They matched up a lot of concepts really well in the red zone, but also, I again, it kind of goes back to the game flow thing. I felt like Scott didn't always feel the red zone the same way he was feeling the stuff in the field, and that's tough. But I do think outside of probably the last four games, um, he's done a good job in the red zone of scheming stuff open, and I think you know, think back to the Atlanta game where he misses John Bates on the seam, right? He hits John Bates. It's a catch, but John Bates is out of bounds because he waits too long. And I think about the way he's cultivating offense in the red zone is really interesting because he's, he's doing a good job of creating spaces and attacking the weak parts of coverages. So like in cover three, right, when you get those three guys across the back, the weak spot in the coverages are the seams, right? And he does a good job of of identifying the coverage, dictating coverage in a lot of senses and then getting the ball there. And what I see is when you see it on film, like you have to know as the quarterback that that's the weak spot. And I have to anticipate the throw to that area as opposed to, to the man. So when the man's in the window, you're too late. You got to right. throw it to the window that's been created by the concept. And that can be very, very challenging. And you can tell Taylor, um, for whatever reason, is not feeling overly confident in doing that. And then also there's like been some pass protection stuff that have also flummoxed Taylor. In yeah. Those I feel situations. like there was
0: one of the replays I watched during the game where I was like, Oh, Logan's wide open. Yeah. Son of a gun. And he just, he doesn't have time to get there. Um, I also wonder, you know, Ron, Ron touched on this post game, uh, when he was asked about some of the red zone stuff and he's like, it's just a different speed in the game. Like they, I don't know that it's a, they don't practice hard enough type of thing. And I'm trying to figure out a a different way to say that that is more accurate and reasonable. But Like you just can't, I guess I'll put it this way. You can't repeat the process of game speed in practice. It's just, there's not the adrenaline flow. Um, It's too late in the year. That's just not the speed that's optimal to work at. But when you're talking about some of the anticipation stuff that affects the timing. And so if it's like snap now in game but it's like snap now in practice that half second is the window closing in the game and i just wonder if like taylor's lack of you know experience over the course of years and and the lack of reps and all of that plays into this on some level but still like buddy you're you've now started over 25 nfl games like you gotta you gotta get there like you just gotta let it rip you gotta trust what your read is you know you have a pre-snap read for a reason you you watch the play right you know unfold and you check that that hypothesis, if you will, that you had pre-snap, and if it's right, then you just got to let it rip and trust that your guy's going to win because that's how you score in this league.
1: Yeah, and no, I I think that's it. I really do. I, I, it's not necessarily like a practice thing because, you know, you practice the red zone, but there's something. It's different. It's a little bit different. You can't see the throws the same way. The protection's a little bit different. The defense understands, like, you know, you see all these sacks in the red zone, and part of the reason is the throwing windows are smaller, and the defensive line has a little bit more time to get there, right? Understanding that from a play-calling standpoint, understanding that as a quarterback, understanding that as an offensive line, those are all things that are very, very challenging to do, and the defensive approach changes, quite frankly, and so how well-prepped are you? I'm sure they're very well-prepped. I'm sure they talk about this all the time, but yeah, those are the things that make it tough, and I and I will say like in terms of offensive development, offenses I've been on that have been very productive in the field have taken a long time to get productive in the red zone for whatever reason. And I think a little bit of it is you don't have the same opportunity to rep those plays. It's like, you, you know, you rep the first, second down stuff, a ton, you rep third down a ton. And cause they're kind of the same plays, but then all of a sudden red zone's a little bit different schematically, a little bit different emphasis. And how much time do you have to, to emphasize that? So I think that's all part of it. And that's one of the reasons when why- When you say like,
0: rep it though, are you talking practice or just like because it doesn't come up as, as often in games?
1: Yeah, so in, in practice, your practice structure is like you have first, second down on Wednesday, right? And then you'll probably add in maybe like a little bit of blitz period on for third down, just kind of touch on it, right? Thursday, you'll probably do again, you do first, second down and then you do maybe red zone, maybe a little bit of third down, something like that, probably third down. And then Friday is kind of your red zone day. And a lot of teams that I was on near the end of my career had switched red zone to earlier in the week. So you could be with that material longer, Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to the last day of the week in your walkthrough practice, you're just touching on red zone then. And I don't say touch because they are doing red zone stuff kind of, you know, at full speed. And it's an emphasis for the day, but get get them that information on Thursday as opposed to Friday and, you know, kind of touch third down in your first and second down in both periods on Wednesday and Thursday. So, again, that's a practice structure thing. That's an emphasis thing. And um, and it could be that. I don't know. Uh, you know, I watch practice, but I don't know the practice structure or the emphasis all the time. And then um, I do think there's just like you need to, if you want to be good at it, you need to put more time into it. But that, again, that detracts from other elements of the offense.
0: I do wonder if at this time of year, especially if they feel comfortable with all the stuff that we've talked about, this the duo stuff, the play action off of it, and a lot of what they're they're doing, and feel like they can go out there and run it, if they they spend more time on the red zone stuff this week, yeah. um, I could see Ron making that kind of change. Um, it almost feels like you have to, um, you got it, because you got to figure that area of the field
1: out. I think that's the, the frustrating thing about it, though. Sorry to catch you off, Craig. Uh, Craig is just like they've had opportunities, they've had open throws. And I think if you're Ron, if you're Scott, you say, look at these open opportunities, look what we've developed. And it's one person missing the block. It's the quarterback holding the football. So to me, it's like not that far. It's not that out that outlandish to be like, oh my gosh, like they're, you know, they're, they're terrible. It's like, you know, it's not like every concept's blanketed. It's just like right. timing or whatever, like those little details are just, it's not quite there. So I think that's why it's probably extra frustrating for Scott and Ron and Taylor.
0: Well, that was what I was going to say is like Ron was like odd. I don't want to say oddly frustrated, but extra frustrated mm-hmm. um, in his post game press conference on Sunday. Cause he said like, we worked on the, re-. it was, it was almost like he was miffed by it. Like he didn't mm-hmm. understand. He's like, we worked on red zone stuff. Mm-hmm. Why? Did this not change we we spent time on this. Mm. How could it not have evolved and changed and and why were we not better there? and it and felt like a lot of that frustration was directed at Taylor um some of it at Scott as well because I, I think that some of it they look at and they're like, man, if he would throw the ball now and I'm curious what you know what Ronald say is he's gotten the chance to to look at yeah. the tape and if he's pressed on it a little bit more as the week goes um and maybe some of the stuff you know he circles back and is like you know what like I you know Scott drew up a good concept but I don't think that's the best for our personnel right now and maybe we need to to change some of the calls down there maybe he changes a little bit but I was just thinking about it how often were they in the red zone they were in the red zone I mean they had the two turnovers which were obviously huge In in the red zone, though. yeah well I mean well they have the the fumble and then turnover on downs on the last one so technically that's Two. That's two. Um, the field goal drive ended outside the red zone. Uh, they got in the red zone technically on the touchdown to Jahan. That's mm. from the 19. So high red. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I think that's it. That's it, right? So I look at that and I say, on the fumble, the play before the fumble, Jahan's open on a post, but the snap's high. Remember that?
0: Oh, yeah. And he throws in. It it's nearly, he picked. throws
1: it. It's almost intercepted. So to me, that's a good concept that is undone. Right. And then, then the second one is blanketed, and Taylor should probably run for first down. But, and then we talked about on the third, on the last opportunity, they score a touchdown that's taken off the board. So that's how close they are. Right. That's right. It's not like they're, miles and miles away it's like they're a bad snap from a touchdown they're a illegal formation away from a touchdown probably another play in that sequence right that you could look at I have to remember I have to check my notes but so they're almost three for three in the red zone on the day so to say that they're disastrous in the red zone and they're like literally a play away in all in both of those drives I think is a little bit unfair and I think when you look at it from that perspective you look at it play by play in the red zone um there was another the one that they kick a field goal on you know where they hit the third and three i think there are some play calling deficiencies right there's a third and three um where curtis gets a touch um in a short yarder situation like that's kind of a silly play call i thought in my opinion and again that's
0: that's that's in the one in their own end you're talking about where they're at, like their own 32. no there was
1: another one uh let me double check my notes but yeah like so there was another one where he gets like a jet sweep action on like a, oh, it yeah. might have been like a second and two or a third and two, something like that. And that that that's again a bad play call. Again, from getting you another set of downs and giving you another opportunity. And I, it's easy to say it's a bad play call today, but I also say it's a bad play call because Brian Robinson's running his face off. So like get him, get him in a situation where he can actually. You're talking three.
0: about the one where it's first and ten at the the eleven. Um, Robinson comes off a 19 yard carry. Yes. Curtis gets his can uh, uh first down carry off left end for one yard. Thibodeau makes yeah. the tackle, right. They miss, uh, or they, they get a quick completion to Terry for five yards and then the sack fumble. So it's two plays before. the Yes. Sack
1: fumble. Right. And I kind of think yeah, to yeah. myself, like, what, like, why are we getting so cute there, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, I like the play call to Terry, but th- th- again, that's a sequence where, you know, maybe Scott could be a little bit more efficient. We mentioned the post that Terry uh, that, uh, Taylor almost threw an interception on. Right. We mentioned the the, um, the the procedure penalty, right? So when people say the red zone's terrible, like it's offensive mistakes that aren't allowing you to be successful. It's not necessarily scheme. It's not necessarily personnel. It's like they are not as efficient in the red zone. Like I look at the Atlanta game, we've, we've talked about it a lot because I did a breakdown of that red zone period. They get a pressure on a wide open post, right? They're late on a throw, right? Um, in the Giants game in the first game, you overthrow Logan Thomas, right? You miss Jahan in the back of the end zone. Both of those would have been touchdowns. You get an offensive PI that's not called in the first Giants game, right? The one to Terry that everyone was kind of flummoxed about, right? You get Terry, you get uh, Taylor holding on the ball too long on a zero pressure on uh, an out route that is open to Terry McLaurin, right? So that's, those are all good plays. Those are all opportunities to score.
0: Well, this is is kind of the question that was like, Good plays on paper aren't necessarily good plays. I don't want to say in practice. Uh, good plays once you get on the field. Good plays sure. in games, right? Um, when, Once once you get past the theory, because you have to have a quarterback who can execute the throws with consistency. You have to have a an offensive line that can actually protect to execute these things. So, like all plays are designed to work if everybody does their job. Like, how realistic is it to? Uh, and th- this is ultimately the question. I, I don't know the answer. I'm asking you. Like how realistic are the play calls being called to be executed at a high level given the personnel that they have? And if the answer is they should be executed and like Taylor should make that throw and like it's not, not Taylor should make that throw, like Taylor at his current level can make that throw with regularity and he just didn't on this particular one, then fine, you run it again, like run, literally run it back. Um, If the answer is uh, he misses that throw all the time, And by the way, this route concept takes four seconds to develop, uh, so they better not call it because this O-line can't block. And those are bad play calls, even if they would work with different personnel.
1: Correct. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I do, so I try to hit, hit it with that objective lens when I look at it. And I say a lot of these, you know, maybe one of the Atlanta game is a little bit long developing, but I think on the whole, they're plays that can and probably should be executed. And, um, and again, like it it's people, everyone's holding the bag here. And what I mean by that is everyone's making a mistake at a, at a different moment, right? So one play, it's the offensive line, one play, it's the quarterback, one play, it's the receiver, right? One play, it's the play caller. And I think that is the sign of a bad red zone team. And when I remember when I was on those Kyle Shanahan teams, it was very much like that. It's just like you get down there and for whatever reason, everyone kind of takes their turn making a mistake. And because, I mean, Wes Schweitzer had an excellent game, blocking Dexter Lawrence. Excellent. Like, he deserves all the kudos. But you have a high snap in, like, the most critical moment of the game. Right. And we can't get the ball to Jahan for a touchdown. Right? right? Terry McLaurin, like, one of the most consistent players in the history of this organization, lines up a little bit too deep off the ball, and it's a legal procedure on a touchdown. Right? Like, the like who would have right. thought? Like, if you had the over-under on Terry McLaurin making a penalty in this game, like, it's basically right. zero. And, so, you
0: know, especially like even how often is that called by a referee in that situation? Because Terry does do the due diligence of checking and, you know, mm-hmm. there's just miscommunication, right? Like the odds of that happening are so slim, which is why it's so infuriating that it that it
1: does. That did happen. Yeah. So I think that I think that's what I what I ultimately turn to is I think this is a developing offense. It's a growing offense. I think there's opportunities in the red zone that as a fan and as an analyst and as a fan of football, I feel good about. It's just about capitalizing on those opportunities. And that is very, very challenging to do. So um, I think they're closer than people think, but sometimes that closeness in terms of execution takes literally a year. You know, it's 2011 uh, Washington Redskins to 2012, and we were a totally different team, right? And that it just took a while for us to get more familiar with those red zone concepts. And I know that's not what fans want to hear, but... I think I'm pleasantly surprised that Scott's process is solid. It's not outstanding by any stretch, it's solid. The The opportunities are there. Now it's just about taking those opportunities and saying, hey, let's finish this. Let's finish these drives. And I can tell, you can almost tell that people are like hyper aware of red zone inefficiency because the players seem to get a little bit tight. You know, Taylor gets a little bit tight. And I think that's uh, also part of it.